section forty four part two chapter five continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez translated by charlotte brewster jordan this librivox recording is in the public domain trembling and with eyes overflowing with tears desnoyers hid himself behind his implacable guide he knew them all he had battled with them all and repented now of his former wrangling the mare had a red stain on his forehead from a long skin wound upon his breast fluttered a tattered tricolor the municipality had placed it there that he might receive the invaders who had torn most of it away the priest was holding his little round body as erect as possible wishing to embrace in a look of resignation the victims the executioners earth and heaven he appeared larger than usual and more imposing his black girdle broken by the roughness of the soldiers left his cassock loose and floating his waving silvery hair was dripping blood spotting with its red drops the white clerical collar upon seeing him cross the fatal field with unsteady step because of his obesity a savage roar cut the tragic silence the unarmed soldiers who had hastened to witness the execution greeted the venerable old man with shouts of laughter death to the priest the fanaticism of the religious wars vibrated through their mockery almost all of them were devout catholics or fervent protestants but they believed only in the priests of their own country outside of germany everything was despicable even their own religion the mayor and the priest exchanged their places in the file seeking one another each with solemn courtesy was offering the other the central place in the group here your honor is your place as mayor at the head of all no after you monsieur le cure they were disputing for the last time but in this supreme moment each one was wishing to yield precedence to the other instinctively they had clasped hands looking straight ahead at the firing squad that had lowered its guns in a rigid horizontal line behind them sounded laments good-bye my children adieu life i do not wish to die i do not want to die the two principal men felt the necessity of saying something of closing the page of their existence with an affirmation vive la république cried the mayor vive la france said the priest desnoyers thought that both had said the same thing two uprights flashed above their heads the arm of the priest making the sign of the cross and the sabre of the commander of the shooters glistening at the same instant a dry dull thunderclap followed by some scattering tardy shots don marcelo's compassion for that forlorn cluster of massacred humanity was intensified on beholding the grotesque forms which many assumed in the moment of death some collapsed like half-emptied sacks others rebounded from the ground like balls some leaped like gymnasts with upraised arms falling on their backs or face downward like a swimmer in that human heap he saw limbs writhing in the agony of death some soldiers advanced like hunters begging their prey from the palpitating mass fluttered locks of white hair 
and a feeble hand trying to repeat the sacred sign a few more shots and blows on the livid mangled mass and the last tremors of life were extinguished forever the officer had lit a cigar whenever you wish he said to desnoyers with ironical courtesy they re-entered the automobile in order to return to the castle by the way of villeblanche the increasing number of fires and the dead bodies in the streets no longer impressed the old man he had seen so much what could now affect his sensibilities he was longing to get out of the village as soon as possible to try to find the peace of the country but the country had disappeared under the invasion soldiers horses cannons everywhere wherever they stopped to rest they were destroying all that they came in contact with the marching battalions noisy and automatic as a machine were preceded by the fifes and drums and every now and then in order to cheer their drooping spirits were breaking into their joyous cry nach paris the castle too had been disfigured by the invasion the number of guards had greatly increased during the owner's absence he saw an entire regiment of infantry encamped in the park thousands of men were moving about under the trees preparing the dinner in the movable kitchens the flower borders of the gardens the exotic plants the carefully swept and graveled avenues were all broken and spoiled by this avalanche of men beasts and vehicles a chief wearing on his sleeve the band of the military administration was giving orders as though he were the proprietor he did not even condescend to look at this civilian walking beside the lieutenant with the downcast look of a prisoner the stables were vacant desnoyers saw his last animals being driven off with sticks by the helmeted shepherds the costly progenitors of his herds were all beheaded in the park like mere slaughterhouse animals in the chicken houses and dovecotes there was not a single bird left the stables were filled with thin horses who were gorging themselves before overflowing mangers the feed from the barns was being lavishly distributed through the avenue much of it lost before it could be used the cavalry horses of various divisions were turned loose in the meadows destroying with their hoofs the canals the edges of the slopes the level of the ground all the work of many months the dry wood was uselessly burning in the park through carelessness or mischief someone had set the wood piles on fire the trees with the bark dried by the summer heat were crackling on being licked by the flame the building was likewise occupied by a multitude of men under this same superintendent the open windows showed a continual shifting through the rooms desnoyers heard great blows that re-echoed within his breast ay his historic mansion the general was going to establish himself in it after having examined on the banks of the marne the works of the pontoon builders who had been constructing several military bridges for the troops don marcelo's outraged sense of ownership forced him to speak he feared that they would break the doors of the locked rooms he would like to go for the keys in order to give them up to those in charge the commissary would not listen to him but continued ignoring his existence 
the lieutenant replied with cutting amiability it is not necessary do not trouble yourself after this considerate remark he started to rejoin his regiment but deemed it prudent before losing sight of desnoyers to give him a little advice he must remain quietly at the castle outside he might be taken for a spy and he already knew how promptly the soldiers of the emperor settled all such little matters he could not remain in the garden looking at his dwelling from any distance because the germans who were going and coming were diverting themselves by playing practical jokes upon him they would march toward him in a straight line as though they did not see him and he would have to hurry out of their way to avoid being thrown down by their mechanical and rigid advance finally he sought refuge in the lodge of the keeper whose good wife stared with astonishment at seeing him drop into a kitchen chair breathless and downcast suddenly aged by losing the remarkable energy that had been the wonder of his advanced years ah oh, master poor master of all the events attending the invasion the most unbelievable for this poor woman was seeing her employer take refuge in her cottage what is ever going to become of us she groaned her husband was in constant demand by the invaders his excellency's assistants installed in the basement apartments of the castle were incessantly calling him to tell them the whereabouts of things which they could not find from every trip he would return humiliated his eyes filled with tears on his forehead was the black and blue mark of a blow and his jacket was badly torn these were souvenirs of a futile attempt at opposition during his master's absence to the german plunderings of stables and castle rooms the millionaire felt himself linked by misfortune to these people considered until then with indifference he was very grateful for the loyalty of this sick and humble man and the poor woman's interest in the castle as though it were her own touched him greatly the presence of their daughter brought chichi to his mind he had passed near her without noting the transformation in her seeing her just the same as when with her little dog trot she had accompanied the master's daughter on her rounds through the parks and grounds now she was a woman slender and full-grown with the first feminine graces showing subtly in her fourteen-year-old figure her mother would not let her leave the lodge fearing the soldiery which was invading every other spot with its overflowing current filtering into all open places breaking every obstacle which impeded their course desnoyers broke his despairing silence to admit that he was feeling hungry he was ashamed of this bodily want but the emotions of the day the executions seen so near the danger still threatening had awakened in him a nervous appetite the fact that he was so impotent in the midst of his riches and unable to avail himself of anything on his estate but aggravated his necessity poor master again exclaimed the faithful soul and the woman looked with astonishment at the millionaire devouring a bit of bread and a triangle of cheese the only food that she could find in her humble dwelling the certainty that he would not be able to find any other nourishment no matter how much he might seek it greatly sharpened his cravings 
to have acquired an enormous fortune only to perish with hunger at the end of his existence the good wife as though guessing his thoughts sighed raising her eyes beseechingly to heaven since the early morning hours the world had completely changed its course ay this war the rest of the afternoon and a part of the night the proprietor kept receiving news from the keeper after his visits to the castle the general and numerous officers were now occupying the rooms not a single door was locked all having been opened with blows of the axe or gun many things had completely disappeared the man did not know exactly how but they had vanished perhaps destroyed or perhaps carried off by those who were coming and going the chief with the banded sleeve was going from room to room examining everything dictating in german to a soldier who was writing down his orders meanwhile the general and his staff were in the dining-room drinking heavily consulting the maps spread out on the floor and ordering the warden to go down into the vaults for the very best wines by nightfall an onward movement was noticeable in the human tide that had been overflowing the fields as far as the eye could reach some bridges had been constructed across the marne and the invasion had renewed its march shouting enthusiastically nach paris those left behind till the following day were to live in the ruined houses or the open air desnoyers heard songs under the splendor of the evening stars the soldiers had grouped themselves in musical knots chanting a sweet and solemn chorus of religious gravity above the trees was floating a red cloud intensified by the dusk a reflection of the still burning village afar off were bonfires of farms and homesteads twinkling in the night with their blood-colored lights End of section forty four